Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Leviticus chapter 23, we're going to launch from tonight concerning Feast of Tabernacles. And uh, how low are you getting, Mike? You still got some? Do you think you're going to have enough? Going to be close, he said. But uh, now I know you need a magnifying glass to read that when, when he gets the paper to you. But uh, we'll, uh, and we're not going to run through them tonight. So we can, that's just for you to take home and look at and kind of, kind of refresh, kind of refresh on what we've done here. I mean, not a lot, there's some people that read the Bible, go to church and they read the Bible. Now, we ought to read the Bible every day. You ought to read the Bible every day, every day. Yeah, I'm not asking you to read chapters or books. Just read a verse. Read a verse. You'll be amazed. You start reading a verse, you'll read two. Won't be long, you'll be reading chapters. Just read the book. Read the book. How are we going to know how to rightly divide the word if we don't read the book? And uh, it's kind of like, like new door sets. So we... Uh, Brother Branch broke the key off of my old door not long ago. Couldn't get it out. It, it's 30 years old. Not his fault. It just wore out. It's like, it's like everything else I've got, just about. it. It's wearing out. I've been there 30 years. It, that's pretty good. I thought it'd last pretty good, 30 years. <clears throat> and uh, so it, it, I had to replace that. And you know they got a smart, you buy a smart lock now. You can stick this thing in there and then just turn your key and it'll, it'll match your old key. You don't even have to change it. What about that? I thought it was pretty snazzy myself. But uh, I seen right off that this weren't like no ordinary old door lock that I'd put in a hundred of. I, I better get the instructions out. <laughs> so I started reading instructions. They were in Spanish. I know I blow the Espanol. I'm in trouble. But I did find an English word or two on it. But I'm good at following pictures. Praise God, they had pictures, I was okay. And, uh, but the Bible don't have pictures. Now it draws us a picture. I've been to Calvary a lot of times in my mind. Paint my mind with Calvary. I, 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 so, and, and, but it's got words. It is written. And, and so, we, we hope this has been a, help to you. I'm going to begin reading in verse 33 and read all the way through 44. So bear with me. And I, I know that it's 20 minutes till 7. And, and if any of you were going to the visitation after church tonight for Perry, I'll try to get you out of here. It lasts till 8 o'clock. Revelation 23 and verse 33. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, speak under the children of Israel, saying, the 15th day of this, this seventh month. What month is this? October. No, not now. We're in November. I know. I'm <laughs> Which one are we talking about here? <laughs> okay. Let me make myself clear. 15th day of this seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. She's got them right there behind you. What about that? Sneaked right up on you. Thank you, Michael. 
On the first day shall be in holy convocation. What did we say that was? Gathering. Gathering, thank you. Ye shall do no servile work therein. What does that mean? Daily task. Your normal daily work. Because we're going to have to give an offering so there's some work involved. But it's no servile work therein. Seven days ye shall offer an offering. Well, there it is. Made by fire under the Lord. And on the eighth day shall be a what? Holy convocation. We're gathered together unto you. And ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. It is a solemn assembly. And ye shall do no servile work therein. These are the feast of the Lord which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations to... Don't tell me God doesn't want us to get together. Every time I read this, I'm thinking he wants them to get together. This is a gathering. They're coming together. That's why Paul told us to to reiterate this. Paul said, forsake not the assemblings of yourselves together. We hold each other to accountability when we come together. Then we share problems with one another as we come together. And we need to be together. God made us for fellowship. To offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. A burnt offering and a meat offering. A sacrifice and a drink offering. Everything upon his day. Beside the Sabbaths of the Lord. And beside your gifts. And beside all your vows. And beside all your free will offerings. Which ye give unto the Lord. Also in the 15th day. Of the seventh month. When ye have gathered in the fruit of the land. Ye shall keep a feast. Unto the Lord seven days. On the first day shall be a Sabbath. And on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. No servile work on those days. And ye shall take you on the first day. The bows of goodly trees. Branches of palm trees and the boughs of thick trees and willows of the brook. And ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. And ye shall keep it a feast unto the Lord seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. Ye shall celebrate. It in the seventh month. Ye shall dwell in booths seven days. All that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths. All that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths. That your generations may know. That I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths. When I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And Moses declared unto the children of Israel the feast of the Lord. Father I love you and I thank you for helping us tonight. Bless your word, the reading thereof. Fill my mouth, guard my tongue, help me to be accurate in the scripture. Bless God with ears to hear and hearts to receive. And I pray that my God in heaven 
would look down on the first free will Baptist church another time and say, I'll accept that. Praise the Lord forever. Do your work for your glory. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Now, this, this is the last of the seven feasts. We've, got, we've had seven feasts. I'm, Passover, who's that? Picture of Christ. Unleavened bread, first fruits, Pentecost. Now we stop there. The birth of the church at Pentecost, we stop there. We pause. There's a, you'll look, if you look on your chart, but I'm, I'm trying not to use that tonight. You'll see a space of time. Now we're in that space. We're waiting on trumpets. It's a gathering of the children of Israel, but it's a calling of the church. Is that going to happen at the exact same time? This is my personal understanding. My belief is, Brother Gordon, we're called out. They sound the horns and gather the children. Now, because many things has to happen. Many things have to happen. And if you think about it, if the church left here, if the church left here, you think what an impact on this world that has. Everything changes in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, when the, when the true church leaves. And we've been, listen, we are true Israel. We're born in, you know that. You know we're born in, praise God. So, then we have this, but this feast is unique to all the other feasts. Because Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, Pentecost, all fulfilled. In Christ, by Christ, the birth of the church, by the spirit of Christ. All fulfilled. The church being built now, being filled now, people still coming in to the church. Now the bride, listen, the fullness of the Gentile has not come because I'm still here. And he's still taking them in. Took Harv Daily right there last, was it Wednesday, Sunday? Sunday night. So there you go. Still bringing them in. He'd still take you in tonight. Amen. You could still be saved. There's still opportunity. Right. Amen. But, but trumpets, I, I believe it's on the horizon. Amen. I'm satisfied in my heart. No man knoweth the day nor the hour. But you, if you know anything about the Bible, you'd be a blind man to think that this stuff isn't going to transpire at the time the feast. That it, that it would line up, God, he does it the same. That it would line up with the feast. So here we are, according to the Jewish calendar. We're, whoa, I found a big bottle of water. According to the Jewish calendar, the seventh month is October. April being the first. The, the religious calendar. The religious calendar. So it'd be the first. There, there we have. Now, uh, I'm not going into all that. This one's unique though. Trumpets, trumpets, if God follows his pattern, no man knows the day nor the hour, don't know the year, don't know, but he's given us a lot of clues. He's given us clues that we could know the seasons. And I believe it'll be in the time of harvest, which would be in the fall of the year. 
somewhere depending on the Jewish calendar from the middle of September till middle of October. And the following, this is the 15th day we're speaking of here in Tabernacles of October, be the 15th day of October. So in that time frame, God's time frame, God does it the same. He, he just does. He set it up in the Jewish feast, and I'm telling you, you can see it all through the Word of God. I'll show you something in just a moment. So the thing about trumpets will occur. Now, let's just, let's just say trumpets occurs and, and, he, and he gathers the children before he takes the church. I don't see it working that way. But I see how it could work. He could take the church, the bride of Christ, and then gather the children in because of the impact, the change on the world it would have. And the only thing standing for the Jew now is the Christian. The world hates them. But the church knows the Christ. We're the bride of a Jew. Hallelujah. And he said, I bless them that bless thee. And I'll curse them that curse thee. Still true today. Are you with me? Here we go. Trumpets. Then atonement. Atonement being the only feast where they, where they afflict their souls. Everything else is a party. I mean, they're resting, they're feasting, they're making offerings, they're getting drink offerings, peace offerings they're feeding on. It's good. It's all good. But now the Day of Atonement's an affliction of the soul. It's the only one it is. But trumpets will be fulfilled on that, Brother David, the, the departing and the gathering, if you will. Then atonement comes when they see him and they recognize when Israel understands their sin against God, when they understand their sin against God, it'll be a day of atonement. They will, be a, they will make atonement for that day. When they said, I read it to you in Zechariah, the uh, last time we done one of these on last Sunday night. So there's the day of atonement. It will be fulfilled. But what about but what about tabernacles? It's unique in the fulfillment. Why is that? Because it'll never end. Oh, now. Now, I thought all these things would come to pass. Let's, let's look and see what it says about it. So, if we go, if we, go we, we go for tabernacles. Let's, let's go... I didn't write my, let's go to Ezra. While you're turning to Ezra, I'm going to read you 43 again right here. That your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. What is that a picture of? Redemption. When he brought us out. We, it typifies what he does for us when we're saved. We're not, I, that's why we sing I'm living in Canaan. Because I've come out of Egypt. Egypt's behind. Passing through the Red Sea. A picture of the world. You get through, you get out of Egypt. You're going through the world. You wind up in the wilderness. Every newborn Christian will have a wilderness experience before they get very far down the road. That's just how it is. And God will try you in that time of wilderness. But on when you come to the river, just go running across and get in Canaan as quick as you can. Because that's where the milk and the honey's at. 
There's still battles. There's still trials. There's still troubles. But that, listen, that's where it's good. That's as good as it's going to get on this side. Understand that? Okay, so we see it for redemption in verse 43. Ezra uh, chapter, what did I say? Chapter 3 and verse number 4. I want us to look at it. This is Sunday school now. Now, Brother Gordon's been teaching on this. I thought how, I mean, it's just God just putting it all together for those in his Sunday school class. They've been released. Help me a time here, Gordon. 150 years, am I close in the ballpark? 150 years uh, since the prophet said that Cyrus was going to let them go. And then somewhere thereabout, then they let him go. They let them go. They come, Ezra, and the first thing Ezra does is build an altar. And of all the things he could keep, verse 4 of chapter 3 of Ezra, they kept also the Feast of Tabernacles. They didn't do Passover. They didn't do unleavened bread, first fruits, Pentecost. They didn't afflict their souls. They didn't blow a trumpet. What did they do? Build a booth. Build a booth and stayed in it. And offered the daily burnt offerings by number according to the custom as the duty of every day required. They offered the offerings the first day. Verse number six, from the first day of the seventh month began they to offer the burnt offerings unto the Lord. But the foundation of the temple was not yet laid. So when they're turned loose to go do a work for God, when they get there, the first thing they do is celebrate tabernacles. It's reestablished by Ezra. We see redemption, pictured redemption. Are you still with me? Okay. Redemption from is why I'm coming out of Egypt is what he's talking about. It's why they've done it. And Ezra reestablishes. Don't look here. You know what God's saying? Don't forget this. Don't you forget this. I'm going somewhere. You stay with me. So we see, we see that the Feast of Tabernacles, they were to, set, they were to, they were to uh, observe that for a memorial. Just like, just like we do the Lord's Supper. You know what they're doing? They're looking back, Brother Gordon. They're remembering, just like you taught this morning, they're remembering when God was with them. They're remembering. Now, hey, look, they've not been with God for a long time. They've been in a foreign land. They get out of there. They get out of the foreign land and they get back to where the church is. Praise God. Um, where the temple was. They get back to that place and they want, they're going to be reminded. They're remembering now. We're going to, what are we going to do? Let's have a, let's, let's offer, observe tabernacle. I think I'd have been looking for a uh, Holiday Inn Express. They're doing tabernacles. They're building booths. They're standing out. Part of that was, like he taught this morning, that the infrastructure was destroyed. There wasn't nothing there from the stay in. So what a better thing to do than to observe tabernacles and build them a booth and have something to shelter under. But it done this primarily. It reminded them of God. Don't forget him. America's forgot him. 
We forgot that he brought us through World War I. We forgot that he brought us through World War II. We forgot that he saved our bacon in the Korean conflict, they called it. We forgot that he got us out of that mess in Vietnam. We forgot about all the times, Desert Storm, all them others, about the Iraqi war, how he went in there. He, we forgot about that. We forgot, we forgot, and then we see the disaster that happens because we forgot him. Number one, number one is the former observance of tabernacles. Number two, number two. You go with me to Zechariah chapter 16. Do we go into that next? I hope I ain't getting up in your Sunday school lesson. I've been all over it, all around it. I can't get away from it. I don't know why I've just been tied up in it, but. It's just where I'm at. Zechariah chapter 14. I find this to be one of the most interesting things in the Bible. I mean, the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the number one event in the Word of God. But some of the things that occur just, just, just boggle my mind. When we see what, what we're going to observe now, this is prophetical and it's future. Understand, when we're reading about Ezra, we're going way back there. We're, we're 520 years from the time of Christ there about in Ezra when they're there. Now we've come, now we've come up. We're not hardly that far away, but they're contemporaries of one another. Zechariah 14 and verse number 16. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of tabernacles. That's not just the Jews. Are you, are you seeing that? Of who? All the nations which came against Jerusalem. They're going up to worship the Lord. What are they going to do? They're going to observe tabernacles. What about that? Why would he do that? So we see it. We see the kingdom participants in the tabernacle feast. But then, then, this will, this will, wind you, watch. Then we see the kingdom punishment for those that refuse. What are we looking at? Verse 17. And it shall be that whoso, whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king. I'm telling you, he's saying you better show up for church. Better show up. Won't buddy now this. I don't want to go. Well, you don't want to go? Read this. The Lord of hosts, even upon them, shall be no rain. We're talking millennial kingdom here. He's still got the spigot in his hand. You know that, don't you? He can turn it on wide open or he can turn it off. 
And if the family of Egypt go not up and come not, that have no rain, there shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite the heathen that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. I'm getting an idea that he likes this Feast of Tabernacles. I'm just thinking this thing's pretty important. The rest of them at one time or another will be completed. Fulfillment will come. They'll be done with that. But now, now in this, in this, we're just reading this now. And I know there's a herd of them out there that that's spiritual. That ain't talking about a real kingdom. Wake up. He's a literal king. It's a literal throne. He's going to literally rule. And the kingdom that he talked about in Matthew is going to come to pass when he's reigning as the king. Everybody all know that by now. So here we see the kingdom participants and then we see the kingdom punishment for those that don't want to participate in what he wants them to participate in, which is Feast of Tabernacles. And get this. The feast is beneficial because it's, they're resting. They're not working. They're feasting. I'm glad we read chapter four tonight. Praise God. I was about to take a lap when you started reading that. I thought, whoa. Okay. I'll get you out of here in about 10 minutes. So we see, we, see it, we see the Feast of Tabernacles observed as a memorial. He don't want them to forget it. He wants them to remember when he brought them out. Randall preached it up here tonight. Remember when he brought you out? I'm thinking, glory to God, let's go ahead and talk about tabernacles. I won't even get up. When he brought you out, don't you forget that. It's important. It's important. He don't want them to forget it. You observe that. Now the others are all going to be fulfilled. This is memorial. The one that I just read here in Zechariah is prophetical and it's future. The one memorial is former. The one, the one in Zechariah is prophetical. It's future. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It won't be the bride of Christ that has a problem with this. It won't be us. Are you with me? <laughs> this is the best one right here. This is the best one. Now let's look. Let's look at one more. Let's look at one more. I want you to go to Revelation chapter 21. Now, you've read this a hundred times, and you've had Bible studies, and, and Wade's probably covered it, and Paul has probably covered it, and everybody that's done a <clears throat> studies covered it. But I don't know if we, even though we covered it, I don't know, Brother Eldon, if it sunk in to what this speaks to. 
Revelation chapter 21. Verse number 1. John's having a vision. He's seeing, he has saw what I'm going to see. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. All right. Pause. Station identification right here. Now what we were seeing, what we were seeing there in Zechariah is millennial kingdom observance or, or time period. So he's, and tabernacles is there. First thing he gives them when they get out of there, he's giving them the law. Before they leave that first year there in Leviticus, they're still hanging out around the mount. He tells them, said, I'm going to give you seven feasts. And these things are going to be annual. You're going to do three of them. Every year, three of them later, three of them is going to bring you to Jerusalem. Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. So he's going to observe that during the millennial kingdom. But now, now the earth, the earth is melted with fervent heat. How does God purge things? Fire. Fire. Thank you. A plus. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there's no more sea. What is the seas? The divider. You know that the ocean's the world's uh, septic tank, don't you? That's what it is. Takes all that stuff, got so much salt in it, takes all that stuff, that washing, that dead, that dying, takes it all out there, wash it around the salt for a year or two, and, and wind comes back by, picks it up off the surface, makes a cloud, comes, rains over skin, the whole thing starts over. Don't need to see anymore. It's a separator. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Never says it lands. I find that interesting. You can do with that whatever you may. He just saw it coming down. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle. Of God is with men. And he'll dwell with them. And they shall be his people. God himself shall, shall be with them. And be their God. Now. I agree with McGee. Uh, uh, to a degree on this. God is a spirit. Amen. Are you with me? God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in. Spirit and truth. We know that. And the Holy Ghost is a spirit. And he abides, he compares him to the wind. He abides within us. We have the spirit of God in us. That's amazing to me that the spirit of God's in Brother Junior Swafford. And it's in Mike McCoy and it's in every saved individual in this room tonight. The spirit of God indwells you. If you have not the spirit of Christ, you're none of his. Now, some... Some may walk around a little more full than others. I won't argue that. There are fillings. I won't, I won't argue that. But there's only one baptism. I will argue that. I won't argue, but I, I'm settled on it. And, and you can't talk me out of it. But there's multitudes of fillings in your life. And when you get full, you'll do things that you won't normally do. Oh, yeah. You know, you'll get bold as a lion and 
bulletproof and just like a drunk man. You can't be stopped and you can't be shut up. You just keep on blabbing and gabbing and going on. Listen, when you get full, you'll do things you won't do when you're not full. So you know what this says? And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There will be no more death. Teresa grabbed me up at the funeral home just a few minutes ago. Just buried her head in my chest, just wept, uh, just sobbing, just shaking all over, sobbing. He's gone. Some of you have experienced that in this room tonight. You've been there. I dread that day. I'm a, I guess I'm a coward. I, I, I just say, Lord, just take me before Pat. That'd be a hard day, Marcus. The girls seem to do better after, than the boys do. And Brother Branson, exception to the rule, he's done well, but he's had the family around him to help him. He's had the church. It's a hard thing. But there's going to be a time when there's not going to be any more of that. But you know what there's going to be? The reality of the tabernacle is it brings this. It brings the rest. For there remaineth therefore a rest. I mean, you read my verse. There remaineth therefore a rest for the people of God. You know why that is? You know who our Sabbath is? Christ. I tried to explain that to a former church member of mine. I said, he is my Sabbath. I don't get it. I said, you don't want to get it. You just don't want to get it. You don't want to rest in him. You want to do something yourself. Listen, when you come to the place that you understand that you can't do it yourself, it absolutely takes him and him alone. Then, friend, you can cease from your own work and you can say the king of glory is my Sabbath and I'm resting in the Lord. Now watch this and I'm done. I want to use you, I want to borrow your imagination for just a moment. The children of Israel come up through the Red Sea. They come to the Mount of Sinai. And Moses gets the law. Moses comes down. They've already broken the law before they ever heard it. He crashes the tablets. God says, now you hew one. That's a picture of a man having his hand in it. Because he was born of woman. So the second table, the second testament was by, had the hand of man on it. That's a picture of it. When he told him to hew the other table, God hewed the first one. You hew the second one. When he hewed that one out, that's a picture. That's a type of man. He was born of a woman. Uh, under the law, praise God. That's a picture of Jesus again. There he is. <clears throat> then he takes it this time. Now they hear it. Now he says, now you're going to take off. I'm going to give you some other things. And he gives him the Feast of Tabernacles. I'm going to bypass all the others. not going to go through them. He gets the tabernacles. And he tells them, he said, you build this tabernacle in Exodus. He said, you build this tabernacle. They get that thing built. And they get it set up. And when they look out there, get this, when they look out there, Brother Gordon, in the middle of the day, there's a big white pillar set right down on it. And they could look and see and say, 
God's with us. And when it got nighttime, that cloud turned into fire and lit the camp up for them. Praise God. And they could look and see, Tony, and they'd say, God's with us. And when they got out there and that first year passed by and they got into that sabbatical year, and this being the seventh, speaking to sabbatical, speaking to rest, when they got in that seventh month and that first time, and what are they going to do? They're going to celebrate tabernacles. And they make the booths out of the willow leaves. <clears throat> That's in reference to, to the two places they come out of, by the way. The one they had come out of and the one they were going to come out of. It's a picture of Egypt and Babylon, the two types of limbs and leaves they're going to use to put on the tabernacles. And they're staying in their little tabernacle that night. And they look over there at God's tabernacle. And there's the pillar of fire. And they say, God's with us. They blow it. Just like us. So God's went through all this. Jesus comes, virgin born, sinless life, death on the cross, burial and resurrection, back to the Father with the promise, one of these days, I'm going to bring you some, you're going to set them tabernacles up again. And this time, it's not going to be a pillar. It's not going to be a cloud. It's going to be me. It's getting better. I'm about to take a lap. And there in the millennial kingdom, as the bride surrounds the groom, our Christ and King, there in the foreground and surrounding area of Jerusalem, everybody's going to come. They're going to celebrate the tabernacles. There's the tabernacles. And this time, it's not a pillar of cloud. They look out toward the, I lift my eyes toward the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. They look up on the hill of Jerusalem. There on the throne is the king of glory. They're dwelling in the tabernacles. And they say, the king's with us. And they do that for a thousand years. And then one day, After that time is over. God said now I'm going to give you the true. All this has just been a shadow. And a picture of the true. But I'm going to give you the true tabernacle. And the tabernacle comes down. And you know what? We're no longer in booths. And we're no longer standing around. You know where we're at Carl? We're right smack dab in the middle of the tabernacle with him. There we are. And we don't have to wonder. There's the king. Where are we at? We're not separated. We're in the tabernacle. Hallelujah. And that one never ends. Passover, fulfilled. Unleavened bread, fulfilled. First fruits, fulfilled. Pentecost, fulfilled. At that time, uh, the day of a, or the trumpets fulfilled. The day of atonement fulfilled. Tabernacles forever. Amen. There we are in a tabernacle. Who is this? He's the Godhead bodily. He's the fullness of the Godhead 
bodily. One of these, glorified. That's how he is right now. How do you know? Because he told him after the resurrection, he said, touch me. Feel me. A spirit hath not flesh and bone such as you see me have. Hey, got anything to eat? And he ate with them. Don't you listen to these goopy, flop-eared, silly people out there saying, well, you're going to go to heaven, float around on clouds and play harps. That's not even close. They don't know anything about the Word of God. So one of these days, It's just come to mind, I can't help but use it. And it's a very poor analogy. But there was an old TV sitcom said, moving on up. <laughs> and all you kids are sitting in here saying, what's he even talking about? But you old people like me, you're laughing right now. You know what that is. <laughs> Earth, listen. And so shall we ever be at the Lord. We stand on our feet. She's play soft on the piano. If you need to pray about something, you ought to come tonight. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.